So Father, we thank you that we can come before you. Lord, that you have opened the way up for us. Lord, to know you, to experience you. Lord, to see you as our great deliverer and rescuer. Lord, through your Son, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, may our hearts be warmed. Lord, may our eyes be enlightened uh, to the hope to which you have called us. Lord, the hope uh, that you are for us. Lord, as we read, as we meditate on your word now. Amen. So, Psalm 121. Song of Ascents. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Now, do you know that frustration uh, where you have a problem and then you seek to address the problem? You make a, a complete hash of it. You make the problem even worse. Uh, and then only afterwards do you realize the help that was available all along. Now, over this period of lockdown, uh, one of our, our laptops, our home laptop, uh, it had been playing up, been playing up for some time with a screen. And I had an idea what the issue was. I diagnosed a problem. I watched the videos on YouTube. I ordered the parts in, took the laptop apart, uh, took the old wiring out, rewired it, got it all set up. And then came the issue of fitting the thing back together again. Uh, which was, let's say, beyond uh, me. I was able to take it apart. I was able to reconnect, disconnect and reconnect everything that needed to be done. But actually putting the thing back together was an issue. Uh, and in my attempt to do that, I ended up breaking the connection uh, for the webcam. Now, I happened to be in a conversation with Mark about this. And Mark said, oh, well, now pass it to me and I'll, I'll see. I've put various laptops back together again. I'll give it a try. So I had nothing to lose, handed it over to Mark. Yep, within that afternoon, brought it over, all done, all sorted. Now, unfortunately, nothing could be done about that connection to the webcam that I just completely messed up. Uh, and I suppose the frustrating thing as I reflected on it was, you know, Mark was there all along. I, I could have asked for his help. And if I'd asked for his help in the beginning, when I got to that point of, I don't really know what I'm doing now, putting it back together, now, it would have been fixed, it would have been sorted, uh, and that webcam connection wouldn't have been broken. Now, in terms of a computer, it's not that big a deal. Uh, a broken webcam connection, I just easily enough buy another, bought another external webcam, plugged it in, works fine. It's just a broken webcam connection. But what about when it's you know, with our lives? When the thing that is broken is not just a connection for a webcam, but it's our very being. Now, time and time again, Scripture recounts the nation of Israel facing these hostile forces. And in certain instances, the king and the people, they recognize that the Lord is indeed their help. And they turn to him for rescue and deliverance. And yet many times the people seek a deliverance aside from the Lord, aside from the help that is there for them. 
In fact, we've been considering that very thing uh, in Matthew, in our morning series. Just the other week, we were looking at how Jesus is that help who stands, who, who weeps, who prays over Jerusalem. Now, he's longing for that city. Now, he is the one who is able to help, who's willing to help. And yet the religious leaders, they reject him. They despise him. They make their plans and they kill him. They reject the help that is there. And how does it all end? Well, as we considered this morning in the destruction of the Jerusalem temple. The help was there all along, but they didn't look to the Lord for their help. Now, in this world that is full of empty promises, empty promises of deliverance, let's not miss that help that is there. In terms of a laptop, makes little difference. But in terms of our very lives, it makes all the difference. We don't want to miss the help that is there. And that's what we're going to consider as we look at this psalm. Uh, The help that is given to us, the help that comes from the Lord. Two things we're going to use as a sort of guiding post as we go through the psalm this evening. Uh, firstly, where is help? The source of our help. Where is help? Uh, and secondly, what is help? Okay, what does this help look like? What is the extent of this help? And so do continue to have your Bibles open, your apps switched on, now your Bibles open on the computer, uh, and we're going to go through Psalm 121. Psalm 121, it is titled a Psalm of Ascents. This may well have been used as a pilgrimage psalm, uh, but it certainly uses this imagery of going on a journey uh, and the various perils that can be faced on that journey. So we're going to dig into this imagery to see how the Lord helps us through the journey of life itself. Firstly, where is help? Verse 1, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from. Now we might imagine mountains as being these places that are fraught with danger. You've got steep slopes, you've potentially got bandits who are hiding out in the hills. But in scripture the mountains are often uh, used uh, in a sort of favourable way. They're presented as these places of refuge. So as the psalmist here speaks of looking at the mountains, it's not that the image that we have in our mind is one of you know, looking at these places of potential danger. But rather looking at these places that promise protection, contemplating these pictures of refuge. And then this prompts the question, but actually, where does my help come from? Looking at these places of refuge, where does my help come from? Now, we living in Little Paxton or this area around here, we're not necessarily surrounded by mountains. It's the flattest place I've ever lived. And yet we do live in a world which is a marketplace of options for sanctuary and security. These metaphoric mountains, promise of protection, the things that are going to keep you going, things that are going to get you through the next day. Do not fear because it is here. You just fill in that blank. Do not fear because is here. And as we look around then at these metaphoric mountains, we are prompted to ask this same question. We look around, we look, but where does my help come from? The psalmist responds in verse 2, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord, we're told, is the maker of heaven and earth. 
And I take great comfort in the way that scripture presents and reveals God to be the maker of heaven and earth. Let me just bring something up. Uh, Genesis. Chapter 1, verses 1 to 2 says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I just notice in verse one, God creates from nothing. So he creates the heavens and the earth. There's nothing there before God creates it from nothing. And then in verse two, well, this sets the rest, uh, well, sets the scene for the rest of the chapter. At this point, the earth exists, but it's dark, it's formless, it's void. And God works to bring light, to bring life out of emptiness and darkness. And so what's it mean? What does it mean for us, for the Lord to be the maker of heaven and earth in the light of Scripture's revelation of what it means for God to be the maker of heaven and earth? This God who both creates out of nothing and also who brings order, who brings beauty, who brings goodness out of a place of darkness and chaos. That means that God is not hindered. God is not hindered by what you lack in life. And God is not hindered by the mess and the chaos of your life. Now, have you, have you ever found yourself trying to untie a knot or, or fix something that's broken and it's just completely beyond you? And it seems a lot easier to just throw that thing to one side and to start afresh. See, that experience, it never happens with God. God doesn't need to start with a blank page. I mean, God can start when there is a blank page. God can start even without a page, just brings one into existence. And yet God can work even with a page that is so ruined and battered and torn that the rest of us would just discard it as as done with. There's no way anything can be done with. See, that's what God can do with our lives. This is the help that we have in the Lord. See, what you lack, it does not hinder God And the mess and the chaos of your life, it does not thwart God. This is where help comes from. It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now after verse 2, we get this change from verse 2 to verse 3, from my to you. And whatever the original purpose of this, you can imagine how this would function as a congregational Psalm, by the time we get to verse 3, we are speaking to one another. We are encouraging one another, saying, this is what the Lord is like. This is what it means for the Lord to bring help. And yet verses 1 and 2 are personal. It's mine. Now, I can tell you what the Lord is like. We can tell one another what the Lord is like. We can encourage one another in that. And we're going to do that shortly as we look at verses 3 and following. But I cannot make the Lord your help. Now that is something that has to be personally applied. Verses 1 and 2 need to be applied personally. And as you look then at those metaphoric mountains. See these promises of protection. As you look at them. Who will you look to? That's a question for us. As you look at these metaphoric mountains, who will you look to? Where does your help come from? 
Now, are you able to join together and saying, my help, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And if that's true, if the Lord is your helper, well, verses three and eight explain what that means. And, and so whether you are able to say my help comes from the Lord or not, let's look at verses three and eight. See the difference it makes. So that if at this point in time you do not yet say, well, my help comes from the Lord. My prayer is that going through this, uh, you would indeed look to him as your help, as your refuge. So this takes us to this question then of what is help? What is this extent of help that comes from the Lord? Go through verses three to eight. Let's just go through uh, verses three to four to begin with. Uh, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And we're given this image then of feet slipping. Again, walking around little Paxton, that's not a biggie. Now, if you slip, perhaps you, you fall off the pavement. You may graze yourself. But if you're walking through mountainous country, now when you've got a sheer drop on your right and a sheer drop on your left, now to slip could be the end of you. Could be your death. And Psalm 66 uses this same imagery and the picture that's given has been saved from destruction, being kept in the faith. So what does it mean for the Lord to be your help? He watches over you. He keeps you from falling. And in John 6, Jesus said this. This is the will of him who sent me. That I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. See, Jesus died for us. Yes, he, he died for us on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. That through his atoning sacrifice that we can receive the forgiveness of sins. That whoever believes in him, whoever continues in him, is saved from that condemnation. And yet Jesus also rose he rose and he is ascended and he lives to make intercession for us the lord jesus christ is our great high priest who lives to make intercession for us who watches over us to keep our feet from slipping that we may continue in him see that is the father's will we're told in john 6 jesus keeps those who were given to him and our trust in life is not to be in our sure-footedness. Now, I'm sure I'm not going to fall. Our trust is to be in the one who lives, who intercedes for us. The Lord Jesus Christ. He keeps us from slipping. Now, even now, at this very moment, he is interceding for us, for us, his people. And the Lord does not sleep. He, he does not slumber. You're never out of his sight. You're never out of his mind. The Lord is your help. And he watches over you. And the various afflictions and trials that you may face, providing the protection that you need, keeping your foot from slipping. And so verses 5 and 6, we get some uh, expanded descriptions of what it means for the Lord to watch over us. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord is your shade. He protects you from the sun and the moon. 
And this imagery of being protected from the sun or being struck uh, by the sun being protected from that is a fairly obvious metaphor. Now, the midday sun can be perilous in a hot climate. Now, even in a country like ours, you can still suffer sunscreen. The sun can strike you. Yeah, of course, we're, we're left perhaps asking, well, how, how does the moon strike you? Now, it may well be that these verses are simply speaking of the dangers during the day and dangers during the night. Are speaking of the extreme changes in temperature from the heat of the midday sun to the coldness of night. But also, ancient cultures held this view that the moon could afflict the mind. So in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew wrote uh, to us, it's come to us in Greek. And in Matthew's Gospel, uh, when it speaks of Jesus healing those who were suffering from seizures, what we might call epileptic seizures today, uh, Matthew 4.24. Now in writing that, Matthew had to use the language that was available to him, the Greek language that was available to him. And the Greek word for seizures was to be moonstruck. That was the language at the time. And that language reflects something of cultural views of how the moon can affect the mind. Ancient cultures hold this view. And we, we still see the effects of some of it today. I think even the, you know, the term lunatic comes from lunar, from the moon. So there was this view in, in ancient cultures that the moon could in some ways affect the mind. Now this isn't to say that the Bible or the psalm endorses that view. It's a bit like the imagery of the Leviathan in Job. The point here is not some scientific evaluation the point is that thing that you fear, now, regardless of how well you understand it or not, that thing that you fear, the Lord, he rules over it and he can protect you from it. He is your shade. Because the Lord watches over you, he is your shade. And so the sun, it will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And so then if the sun is this picture of a physical affliction then we could say the moon serves as this picture of mental affliction and over both types of affliction we're told that the lord watches over us the lord gives us shade now hear me carefully this isn't to say as some people might this isn't to say that mental affliction is a result of a lack of trust in the Lord. We can't say that any more than we can say cancer is a result of a lack of trust in the Lord. What this does mean, what this is saying to us, is that the Lord is our help. Whether in times of physical trial, whether in times of mental trial, the Lord is your help. And sometimes I think we have this view that we can only go to God for help if it's a, a spiritual issue. Now, we don't say that, we don't express that, but we can live as though that is true, practically. And so we shy away from asking God for help in certain areas of our life. We think that if it's not a, a spiritual issue, however we label that, then God's not interested. If it's a physical issue, if it's a mental issue, well... God's not too concerned with that. 
Or may maybe he is, but not so much as if it's a, a spiritual issue. But God is concerned with our whole being. I mean, just see how the heart of God is revealed in Jesus. These verses here are both from Matthew. Matthew 9, 36. When he, that's Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then Matthew 15, 32. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on these people. They've already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. Notice, I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. Now, do you see the compassion, the concern in the heart of Christ? Now, in the heart of God in, in these verses. These people who are harassed and they're helpless, they're people who are hungry and weak. And Jesus isn't annoyed. Jesus isn't disinterested in their needs. He's moved with compassion and he's moved with compassion to help them. The Lord is your shade, your shade at your right hand. And at this point in time, you may be facing some physical affliction. You may be facing some mental affliction. And where does your help come from? Who can you turn to? Help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. You can bring all your needs to him. Now, the way that the Lord brings help to us, it, it may vary. I think it will vary. See, at times he delivers us from affliction as though just plucking us out of it. At other times he delivers us through affliction. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and and earth, the God who creates out of nothing, and the God who also brings light and order out of chaos and darkness. And yet, by whatever means, ultimately, it's the Lord who stands behind that deliverance, the Lord who provides that help. So, we don't have to shy away, we don't have to try and fix these things by ourselves, we bring it to the Lord. Uh, and seek him and the means by which he will bring us deliverance. He will bring us shade and he will keep us from being struck down. Because as verse 7 goes on to say, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. Now, we don't need to read far into scripture to discover that to be kept from all harm doesn't mean that we're going to float through life on this cloud of tranquility. Now, do you remember Joseph sold by his brothers as a slave in Egypt? And what were those words that he spoke to his brothers? After all those years, as he looked back on that incident, he said, you, you intended to harm me, but God, God intended it for good. See, Joseph, he wasn't kept from hardship, but he was kept from harm. Now, his brother's plan was to harm him, to destroy him. And yet above it all, God was working. God is working out of his plan to save Joseph. And not only to save Joseph, to not only keep him from harm, but to save many lives, even the lives of his brothers. You see, if the Lord is your helper, he watches over your life. And what people 
what, what the enemy would intend for harm, what they would intend to destroy you, he works out for good. Now, I know that still leaves us with, with many unanswered questions when it comes to the question of suffering. Now, there are sufferings that we face, perhaps that you are facing, that just don't seem to make any sense. And none of this is to seek to make light of that experience now, all the evils that you may be facing, there is much that we don't know. But what we do need to know is that the Lord stands above it all. The Lord stands above it all. He watches over you. He's watching over everything to keep you from all harm, to keep you from evil. And I know that that doesn't necessarily come across as the greatest or perhaps the first comfort in, in that raw moment of grief and yet it is a truth that we need to know it is a truth that we need to hold to that the Lord reigns above it all see as we as we struggle at times with this question of suffering I think sometimes it is because our notion of deliverance just it can't compare with the the inexpressible that the magnitude of the deliverance that God is working on see he watches over us in order to keep us from all harm doesn't necessarily mean we kept from hardship but in his goodness in his sovereignty in his wisdom in the way that he sees it that we don't he works to keep us from all harm. And so we need to we need to hold on to this. And know even in our afflictions, God is watching over us. The Lord, our help, watches over your life. He watches over your coming and your going. Every aspect of your life, both now and forevermore. Now when um when Seth was born, I remember looking into uh, the Moses basket of this tiny little baby who was four pound three when he was born. And the desire in my heart uh, looking at, at this tiny baby was to just protect him, protect him from from all harm, uh, even to protect him from from hardship. There were there were things that I, I knew in life that he might potentially face that I wanted to keep him from. Things that he would be ignorant of, that I was aware of those dangers that I wanted to protect him and I, I wanted to, to look after him. And yet the thing was, as, as I stood there looking, as I expressed my feelings in prayer. Now I recognised I couldn't do that. Now I needed to sleep, I needed to rest, I couldn't watch over him 24-7. There were places he would go that I couldn't go and I couldn't follow and even if I could be around him 24-7, no, my power was limited. There were things that I, I couldn't protect him from. There were dangers that I was ignorant from. But you know, if, if that was my heart, the heart of a faltering father, how much more so the heart of our Heavenly Father? 
And one who is not limited in the passion of his heart. One who is not limited in the power of his hand. The Lord who does not sleep. Who does not slumber. Who is the maker of heaven and earth. Who calls into being things that are not. Who brings order and beauty and goodness out of that place of chaos and mess and disorder. As you, as you lift your eyes and you look at those metaphoric mountains around you, those promises of protection, as you look at those mountains, who will you look to? And where is it that your help comes from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are indeed such a help. Lord, the help that we need. Or that our help comes from you. And we pray truly that we would look to you. And as we are surrounded by all these promises of deliverance, Lord, that our eyes would be lifted, not to them, but they would be lifted to you, lifted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep our eyes fixed on him. Lord, the one who keeps us firm and steadfast. Lord, we thank you for your continued work of deliverance. And so we pray, Lord, keep us from temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Or that we may live for your glory or for the praise of your name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us uh, live at five. Uh, we're going to be taking a break for one week. We're going to come back uh, a week later. As I said, uh, there's a video just below. Link below here. Uh, if you want to listen to Psalm 121 and meditate on the greatness of our Lord, who is indeed our help. See you soon.